Well, the Valley era has officially begun in Phoenix, Arizona. The Suns played their first preseason game last night, and it's exciting to watch basketball again with the Suns playing and all other preseason basketball games that are going on right now. Not going to lie. I've been watching that over NFL football, and I know I'm probably in the minority there, but it's one thing that just makes this time of year so much fun is knowing that we're going to have all these condensed preseason basketball games and then boom, shakalaka, it's time for the regular season. So the Valley era is here. You are here now listening and or watching the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John. You can follow me at Darth Voida, and I'm joined by my co-host who you can follow at Matthew Lissy on Twitter, and that is Matthew Lissy. Matthew, how you doing, my friend? Good. What's up, fellas? How are we? We doing fellas, all right? Fellas, fellas. I'm feeling great, dude. You're um, right. There's so much basketball to watch. I've there because every every game has like those rookies you want to see, or also transactions of new players playing on the team. So it's it's endless almost. And uh, yeah, I've been watching some preseason basketball too. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see. Like, okay, I'm watching the Hornets now, and you're like, eh, okay, the Hornets are on, and no, oh wait, you know, Lamelo Ball's playing. Or you got yeah. the Lakers and you got the Clippers who are actually playing right now as we record this podcast. And although you don't have AD or LeBron James, you're still watching to see what little micro additions and subtractions they made to their team. And I see that the Lakers have Mark Gasol. I'm like, damn, they got better. You know, they got bigger and better. Yeah, no matter like in the offseason, there's so much going on. You'll you'll forget the little transactions like the Marcus Sauls. And that's what's so fun. You know, I might have league pass this year, so I get to watch every game, hopefully. <laughs> you know, I'm planning on it, dude. I'm nice. planning to get three, three TVs up in here or something. Are you you're gonna turn your little New York apartment into like a bar? Yeah, yeah. So I'm bar. I'm gonna get um just a bouncer outside my door. Cool. Probably some someone that's homeless though. So five bucks a day, not bad. Nice, nice. And then are, is there gonna be a cover charge or should I like because oh. like we do a podcast together, I can get in free. I'll take any friends I can I can make. Any Aww. friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's plenty of <laughs> friends out there, and they're called our Jamster listeners. So thank you to, to all the Jamsters who are hanging out. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Suns Jam. Uh if you're watching on YouTube or uh, Twitter or Facebook, you know, especially YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell so you know when we go live. We thank everybody for joining us as per usual. It's time once again to talk about Phoenix Suns basketball, and I can't do that unless I have a beer. We we pop beers. We talk Suns. Looks like Matthew's drinking a Coors Banquet beer. I've actually got a Papago Desert Sage Orange IPA is what I'm going to be rocking tonight. So Very it's nice. be a little bit interesting, but let's pop them open. Oh, yeah. Let's talk sons, baby. Basketball is back. Preseason basketball's here. It's nice to finally see the team that we love playing again. And I guess my first question, Matthew, is how was Zoolites? Because I know you had to go to Zoolites <laughs> instead of watching the game. So uh, did you enjoy that experience? Yeah, Zoolites was great. You know, actually, true story here. I wasn't feeling too well yesterday. And I, I know every time I call out sick from work, which is like maybe once every week, who knows? It's just... <laughs> People don't believe you, but it's actually, I felt sick. I felt like maybe this is a COVID coming on something, but automatically like today I feel fine, but I got to watch the Suns game at home all snuggled up on the couch. So you did get to see it. Okay. And I know that you're one of those people who cut the cord a while ago. So yeah, how did you watch the game? Cause I know that personally I had a lot of different people text me and they're like, Hey, how are you watching the game? I, I hear it's on Fox sports AZ. Well, I, I, I can't access it. And I'm like, well, I've got direct TV and I didn't cut the cord. And I'm thankful for that because I know I get Fox sports, Arizona, but you being somebody who cut the cord, like how, how did you watch it, man? Oh, I have an app on my TV, Fox sports app. And I just use my mom's login. That's all I do. You know, I use different people's login, including maybe yours sometimes hey. <laughs> or, or my apps, you know, but I, I pay, I pay you back, man. Eventually. Right. I buy you a beer is, or something once in a while. Is that why like my recommended things on Netflix is a bunch of lame dating shows. Is that your yeah. fault? <laughs> the reality shows. That's yes. me. That me, man. Son of a Brit bitch. British baking championship show. That's, <laughs> that's why it's showing up on your radar. <laughs> okay well now i know it's your fault that that stuff pops up on my recommended page i'm like come on i'm not watching that i normally watch the docs and that uh or not mad men uh breaking bad just finished watching breaking bad and whew, congratulations congratulations what a journey that was what, two and a half weeks of just a lot what's your, of what's your, 
What's your rating on it, man? One through ten. Oh, it's a ten. I mean, yeah, for sure, ten out of ten. It's definitely a ten. I have to see. I have to give myself some distance from it to determine really how I feel it stacks up compared to other shows. Uh, Uh I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones. Uh, I think it's better than that. But people didn't come here to hear me uh, rate and review all all of my different shows. The Suns are back. So yesterday they played the Utah Jazz. Unfortunately, they lost one nineteen to one hundred five. I don't really know if the the score really matters. It is a preseason game. But what were your initial thoughts when you start, start, uh, started watching this game? You know, some of it is the same Suns. Some of it was just a little bit different. The difference, I would say, at the beginning was Booker was just out there ready to ball. I think in the bubble, he seemed very comfortable, but a different attitude, I felt like, this game. This game, he seemed like he was ready to come out, get his points, because I guess in the beginning, we heard, you know, Booker's only going to maybe play 18 minutes. So I think he's out there to really find his shot. But then also getting six assists, you know, a quiet six assists. But um, the differences were, of course, the depth in the Suns. We saw a lot of new faces out there. The same is maybe DA, still the same kind of game right now without Chris Paul. Um, but what about you? Were you disappointed kind of like in Chris Paul and Jay Crowder not playing? I, I know it's just preseason, but we were all excited to watch it. So was that kind of annoying? Uh, I wouldn't say annoying. Disappointed, yeah, but understandable as well. Like, I was not shocked at all when I heard that Jay Crowder, who I knew came late into camp, wasn't playing. That was understandable. Chris Paul not playing. Again, the guy's 35, coming up on 36 early next year. That's understandable. Dario Saric, little camp soreness is what they kept kind of saying on the telecast. So I'm okay with it. Knowing that, I knew that you know a, a victory in a preseason game was probably out of reach considering three of your top seven or eight guys weren't going to be playing. But I was okay with it. Were you? Yeah, I was fine. Actually, I kind of expected a little bit too. Um, you know, even if Chris Paul played, it'd probably be like maybe the first quarter. I was kind of surprised how when they went into the second half, uh, the starters kind of stayed in there. But, yeah. you know, whatever happens to play, I I don't really believe the injuries. I think they're just kind of knickknacks here and there. So I'm not getting too concerned about it right now. Yeah, me neither. And I think that what you talked about with Booker coming out uh, strong and aggressive right off the bat was really pleasant to see. And it's something that, you know, get used to it, Suns fans, because yeah. Devin Booker, who is an assassin, is now a confident assassin. You know, the All-Star game gave him a little bit more confidence, and then the bubble experience gave him even more confidence, and the fallout of the bubble is what's really developed him into this player who I won't be surprised to see him come out and just try to put teams away early, and that's what he was doing. I mean, he put up those first five points. He was being aggressive, going to the rim, uh, doing his mid-range jump shots, all of that without Chris Paul out there. He was creating his own shots out there, and it's just seeing Devin Booker come out with that kind of attitude, not being tentative, not being the point book who's trying to distribute and get his team involved, just being like, hey, I'm the best player on the court, and I'm going to show you real quick. And I mean, that was my first initial takeaway, and I was like, oh, it's going to be a fun year, man. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of the same we saw in the bubble, man. They really carried it over. It was the same exact team, man. Especially it's funny because our bigger signings weren't playing. So it's just basically the same team. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really get to see anybody until the second half on a lot of the, uh, you know, Langston Galloway's Etuan Moore. Um, But another thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I know EJ was talking about it a lot on the the telecast, was how gassed both the teams were early. That's another thing. It's like you have the Utah altitude. Although Utah plays and is practicing up there, the Suns haven't. They just arrived, I think, uh, yesterday or the day before. And every shot they took was short. The legs just were not there. And again, first preseason game, not not a big deal to me that those shots aren't coming in. What matters to me is whether or not they were good looks. And I felt like that's important, and a lot of those looks were good. They were wide-open shots. They were you know, they were running some of their offensive sets, and the guys were getting the looks that they wanted. But taking the fact that it's been a week of training camp that they're going to Utah and uh, you're just not going to see a lot of consistency from a shooting standpoint. I think because of that, they weren't taking a lot of threes in that first half either. A lot of our threes start to come in the second half when you had more of the veteran bench guys come in and you know, that's kind of where they're trying to size up their game and make their mark moving forward in the season. So that's what they're going to practice in a preseason game. And it was interesting kind of seeing a lot of the reaction. And, and I will say real quick, like it's so great to have mm-hmm. Suns Twitter back. It's so fun yeah. to go on during a game and like just start interacting with people and you know living and dying with the with the plays. Oh, I just I love basketball, man. I'm so glad it's back. 
Yeah, me too, man. Uh, like you were talking about with the shots, there's a lot of shots campaign through up there. I know he he short armed them. They hit the front of the rim, but like you're saying, it they were all a lot of them were short, but they were great shots too. And what I loved the most is like even when Book was out there trying to score, you can tell all the players were kind of where they needed to be on the court. You know, mm -hmm. we're so used to in the past where Book would throw the ball away. Players aren't where they're supposed to be set. It's just like I realized that in the first quarter, it's like I don't feel like we have to worry about that too much this year, unless we have like a new point guard coming in. Even when Camp, uh, when Javon Carter came in later, like there was just everybody was doing what they're supposed to do. They looked in sync. I mean, I took a, a little bit of a while to get going. Of course, the starters didn't finish the game, but mm -hmm. you just, I didn't feel too stressed about what I saw out there. I saw, I was like, okay, they look okay, but I'm like, oh yeah, Jay Crowder and Chris Paul haven't played yet, so I. I'm, I'm, or Dario I'm, Saric. Or Dario Saric. Yeah, exactly. I hate when I do that. My One of my favorite players, but I always I forget. You always you know? forget him. You know, we always <laughs> say that Matthew's twin brothers, Dario Saric, when Matthew tries to grow out some facial hair. Oh. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, but it, it's interesting that we're, we had a 14 point loss, and this is kind of how we're reacting because it's the preseason, because we're realist, I like to think, and because of what we saw to, to your point, you know, seeing them run the right sets, being in the right places. I don't know if they always took the right shot. You know, again, the number one concern is the fact that we don't have a good playmaker other than Chris Paul from the guard standpoint, not named Devin Booker. So campaign, you, I saw some Elio Kobo-ness with him where it's like yeah. he wasn't really playmaking. He was really trying to generate his own shot, and it a, a couple bad threes. But like I said, you know, as long as those shots were good shots, I'm okay with it, and they, they appeared to be good shots. I just wish there was a little bit more playmaking from campaign in this game. But you kind of saw that from Javon Carter. I think we've talked about in many podcasts where, well, I have, where the next level for him, I think, is playmaking. It's just him moving the ball around. You saw that a lot with him. Campaign started, but I feel like it was just kind of like getting his feet underneath him, see what we can see. Some people seem like they're upset from what they saw, but I kind of liked it. He did throw some crappy throw shots up there, but those were the shots he was shooting in the bubble, but they were just going in. He yeah. was like, he was on fire in the bubble. Nothing would be was, was missed. So maybe he just needs to realize, you know what? Those aren't the shots I need to take. I feel like he and Monty and also just Booker and CP3, you can see CP3 on the side already talking, already in the coaches' faces and stuff talking. They're like, all right, what what else? What else do you want, Chris Ball? Like, every time you come up, like, yeah, I saw that. Chill out. But it's fun <laughs> to see that because, you know, he's just teaching, dude. And the campaign will realize, you know, those aren't good shots to take during the regular season. Yeah, but that's the, the point of the preseason is to get those shots yeah. off and see how he runs an offense and see if he has the capability to do so because Javon Carter also ran the office a little uh, the offense, I'm sorry, a little bit in the the back half of the game and he had a solid game. You know, he had a total of 32 minutes, he had six assists and uh it was moving the ball around a little bit better than campaign was. And that's going to be the purpose of these for, you know, these next three games that we have. We have another game tomorrow against the Jazz. Then we have the two against the Lakers later in the week before the season begins. And so just kind of let allow Monty Williams an opportunity to kind of try these guys out in different lineups, see how they mesh with them, and see how their playmaking ability is. Because one thing you know about Campaign and Javon Carter is you're going to get good defense from the guys. And my one of my favorite moments of the game was actually when they both came on the court for uh, at the same time. And of course... Once they're there, they instantly get a turnover. Yeah, seriously. Like, that's just what they bring. And I I hate to, like, I don't know. I think when Javon Carter is by himself, it's fine. But those two together, it's just magical. I think, like, when you're going to play them, should they just come in together at the same time? Or do you need to split them up? Because I think Javon can hold his own as our point for a backup point guard. Yeah. But just those two are just magical, I think. Well, that was... Like when that lineup, that lineup that had campaign out there with Javon Carter also had Booker at the small forward. You had Jalen Smith and DeAndre Ayton. And I think that that is an, a lineup that they can deploy, like you said, like sporadically throughout games throughout the season. That's not going to be something that you see multiple times, uh, especially with CP3 being available. You know, with Chris yeah. Paul available, you're going to see campaign or Javon Carter kind of come off the bench and play in little spurts. And that's actually uh, Jermaine in the chat says that. He's like, campaign played like 30 minutes and he was gassed. He'll play well in spurts off the bench. Absolutely right. You know, I think, again, one of the challenges we're going to have is if CP3 does get hurt, this is what we have to kind of look towards is, is how is Monty going to juggle those lineups in an effort to keep that team effective throughout the entire game versus just the spurts in which CP3 is on the bench. No, you're totally right. And I think, um, like you were saying, DA's in there too. So, yeah, DA was a little, he short armed a few shots, which yep. is fine. 
I mean, he has some good looking shots. One of them kind of looked like he fumbled it and then threw it up there. Uh, but the elbow shots look good. But it's funny because you hear Chris Paul too, who talks about maybe that's not the best shot in the NBA is the elbow jumper. So I think you can see the bench on their kind of, you know, egging them on. It looked like to maybe take the ball to the hoop, something like that. Or even like uh, there was a couple plays where we can talk about later if you want, but just things he needs to improve on. But all in all, it was the same DA from the bubble, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, him taking those threes, I'm 110% for that. Again, it's the preseason. Take those shots, big man. Take take an opportunity and measure them out and see how you feel. Both of them came up short, uh, but I'm okay with it because in the long run, it creates a threat that the opposition has to game plan against. You can't always have your your five step back eight feet away from him and yeah. you know think that he's going to try to drive to the basket and come in a set defense uh, set defense. If he's out there and he's taking a shot and he makes a couple of those, guess what? That defender's got to come up and he can either you know pick and pop. You know he can do a lot of different things from the three point line mm-hmm. if the defender's a lot closer to him. So I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, like, are you okay with him pulling the trigger in transition, or we prefer he took them in those half court sets? Because one of the threes was a half court set, the other one was in transition. I think the transition three is the one I wasn't a huge fan of, but again, mm-hmm. like it's a preseason, take them, see how you do. Uh, yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the transition one's kind of interesting because it's a different kind of shot. EJ was actually talking about during the game. He's like, if you're going to shoot that shot, it's a different kind of release. It's a different kind of practice for that one, of course, because your motion's going forward. Uh, they would know a lot more of it than than I would, of course, but it just seems like it is a different shot. Something else he needs to learn. So I guess like you were talking about the pick and pop one, it's fine. You know, if he's already there, he get, it's a catch and shoot. That's a good shot. But for now on, I feel like just that play, just begin the pre- begin the play, begin the process of handing the ball off to a point guard, maybe setting a screen or something, or even like backing down low. I just feel like his next step really is to get the three-point game going from under the basket, just the and one plays. Because if he can make a move or whatever, just he, I think he has it in him. If he can just make a move, make a spin move, get to the rim, he's going to get fouled. And he can finish around the rim. So those are and ones. Those are three-point plays too as well. I think that's something they'll probably talk about. I mean, I'm not in there listening to him, but that's just one thing I can imagine them saying like, hey, make a move, take this guy off the dribble, and you'll probably get fouled going to the rim. Yeah, his, his game is almost complete, isn't it? Like, He's it got is. that mid that yeah. midi that mid range jump shot is fire for DeAndre Aiden, and I'm uh, okay with these taking. You know, two points is two points, and if he misses a couple of them, I'm okay with it because again, it creates that threat on defense to where if he's out there 18 feet and he puts a pump fake, a guy might you know close on him, and he has the ability to get around him, do a spin move, and maybe lay it in. What I did think was interesting was the fact that he was mentioning like all week in all the interviews how he's just excited to jam on fools, and he, he he's tired of of playing against his teammates. And he's and then he goes out and like. There's one play where he did like a layup and like Suns free uh, Twitter like freaked out. You know, he didn't dunk it and he put a yeah. layup and, and he scored and it's fine, but everybody freaks out. It's like, dude, DeAndre Ayton is DeAndre Ayton. Okay. He's not Shaq. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants him to be Shaq throwing down savage jams. And I get it. You know, it's like, hey, a layup might not go in. A dunk most likely will. So I get that kind of argument, but I'm okay with it, man. I, you know, uh, Flex from Jersey, our good buddy Flex actually tweeted out. He says, Aiden has 11 points, 14 rebounds, three assists in 20 minutes without CP3, Crowder, and Saric. And people are still complaining, shaking my head. And I agree with that 110%. Yeah. And I don't think like it's me complaining at all. It's, it's, it's what we did with Devin Booker. It's basically his four years to become the player he is today. We had these nitpicky conversations about his game. We knew he was good. It's just like, you know, we're analyzing this and just saying like, Hey, this is probably something he should do in the future, whatever. I'm sure he's going to work on it. And he did, he got way better, but there's also another play where DA, he received a pass under the basket to the right side and he threw the ball to bounce to somebody that wasn't there and yeah. it went out of bounds. I just, that play is a simple, I feel like reverse dunk for him. Like he just, before his feet touched the ground, when he received the pass, he just already threw it to some where he thought a player would be. But it's like, dude, you have the ball right next to the basket, make a quick move and it's a dunk. Like it's seriously, that's all it is. But those are the plays where I feel like he'll get better at. And like, it's not like we hate him. We love the stats. He's going to put up stats, of course, but there's these little things that we see, which we know he'll get better at. And that's fine to do, right? Well, of course. Well, you hit, I need to make like an infographic for like, you hit the nail on the head. head Yeah, like your head on the nail. Like I'll I'll put something together, but you you hit the nail on the head. Devin Booker for the first, you know, three or four seasons, we didn't have a podcast at that time, but you and I would have those conversations regularly about aspects of his game that needed improvement. 
And Booker's the kind of guy who went out there and proved it. Like, I can't say anything about Devin Booker anymore. Like, his game, in my opinion, is complete, minus a little bit on the defense. And even the defense is getting better. So it's the same thing with DA. Like, the kid's entering his third year. He's got some opportunities. He's got, we saw that some in the bubble as well, where the pass comes down low and he instantly dishes it out. You know, I was, I was listening to the book of basketball on Rick Barry that Bill Simmons put out this week. And they were talking about the 1976 uh, Western Conference Finals. And Rick Barry got into a fight with Ricky Sobers. And his team didn't come to his defense in that game seven. So what did he do the, the second half? Every time they pass the ball, and this is a guy who's all NBA, MVP, best player, but a, considered a, a fucking prick. Okay. <laughs> he just kept passing the ball. And you go back and you yeah. watch the highlights, and he kept passing the ball. They pass it to him in the block, he passed it out. They pass it to him in a wide open, and, and he passes to the other side of the court. And you know, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that DeAndre Ayton's Rick Barry, but I'm what I'm saying is it was interesting seeing how that I, I was watching those highlights like two days ago, and then that play happened that you referenced. I'm like, why didn't he just put that up real quick? And and that's kind of those moments you're gonna have with DA, and that's okay. I think maybe he was just upset because ASU smoked U of A 70 to 7, maybe the <laughs> night before. And he yeah. was maybe a little frustrated. He was trying to throw them, show them how to throw a pass. I don't know. Okay. So, but again, DeAndre is going to be fine, everybody. No reason to go on there and on Twitter or Facebook and start freaking out. The guy is phenomenal. I mean, if you look at his numbers on the night, typical DA fashion, okay, only 22 minutes, 11 points, 14 boards. Like, come on, dude. He, the guy's going to lead the league in the rebounding. He is, and we'll still complain about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also like a Deon, DeAndre, not DeAndre. Um, is it DeAndre Drummond? Jeez, why can't I never remember? Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, he's that kind of guy too that will rebound the ball to hell. But then also people just like are upset about him. But I'm not saying he's going to be uh, Andre Drummond. Oh my God. Andre Drummond. He's not going to be that kind of guy. But it's like we can always find a way to be upset. But dude, he's going to improve. And like CP3 wasn't on the floor, dude. He wasn't. So having him on that floor, it's going to be a different kind of game, dude. It's going to be crazy because just really quick. Cause Booker and him kind of ran that pick and roll. Yeah. But Booker just uses him. I feel like to get his shot off. I feel like they're so close together. There's no spacing after like there's that pick and then Booker just, you know, he finds space to get his shot off. There's never a way for him to get DA the ball. So if you come, if you see him coming up to set that screen for Booker, it's like Booker's just going to find a way to get the shot off unless it's like a wide open DA somehow, but it doesn't happen that way yet. So CP3 will be that guy to actually initiate that to Bingo. where we can have that as a play. Bingo. And that's going to be the other thing that's going to happen is once CP3 is in there, he's going to come to DA right after that play and be like, hey, man, take it up strong, big, big fella. And he'll be that on-the-court leader that DA needs. It's like having a coach on the floor. And that's one of those things we didn't have an opportunity to see in this past game. A couple other things I want to talk. Is there anything else you want to talk about on DA? Uh, no, that's pretty good. That, good. Was a, that was a fun session. Good. Fun sesh on him. Okay, so uh, nothing I want to talk about was Sticks. Jalen Smith, the rookie, comes in. And I was excited, man. He wore goggles. Yes. <laughs> yes I was like, hell yeah. yeah, dude. We got a goggle guy. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Did he uh when you first saw him on the floor, did he look smaller than he thought? I mean, he he's a power forward for sure. He's 6'10, but he looked like smaller. I know he's just a rookie. I just thought he was bigger. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just Well, that's that's again the fun part about watching all this these different NBA games, uh ours included. It's like when LaMelo Ball, I watched the Hornets game and LaMelo Ball was playing. He was bigger than I thought he was. I'm like, oh man, this guy's really big. Sticks yeah. was how I expected him to be. You know, I saw him he, he walks by DA, he's kind of just a little bit shorter than DA, not as broad, but he is still a broad guy. Um, but no, he didn't seem overly short to me. Okay. Well, that three, though, it looks sweet. That's a Ooh. quick release for three, dude. I like it. I like him shooting that shot whenever because he has a quick release, and the one that went in the beginning was nothing but net. It looked perfect. I love well, that. Well, how how awesome was it that this guy comes down, his first uh, shot is like rumbling, stumbling, bumbling, throwing one up off the glass to get his first two points as a as a pro, non official because it is preseason. And then his yeah. next point is just a quick catch and shoot, smooth with a defender in his face. I mean, that right there showed you everything that you need to know about the potential that this guy has, and it instantly put to put uh, you know kind of settled me down on the fact that James Jones took this guy at number ten. I'm like, you know what? This guy looks like he's an all around player. He can do that. Yeah. He can do that. He's in everybody's face. Every time a guy's shooting the ball, at least he's putting his hands up. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. liked what I saw from Sticks. 
No, I did too. He was very smooth on the offensive end. Um, defensively, I wasn't. I didn't know notice too much uh, yet, of course. But I did see though where he knew where to be. It seemed like on the offensive end. Defensively, actually, when I do remember, was him kind of being out of like he would always have to catch up the guy at the three point line. And uh, it was a Clarkson that was going off. He was yeah. always kind of late getting to him. Not that it was his fault. There's probably some switch or something going on, but he was always trying to hustle and get down there, but it's always too late. But offensively, he seemed like he was always in the right spot, dude. And I love his first shot going up. It should have been a foul, but it's mm-hmm. a Suns thing. You know, once Chris Paul's on the floor, it's a foul. But now that he's over there in a face mask, you know, the rest, even though he was <laughs> talking to the rest, it's not a foul yet, but that will be in the future. Yeah, I was I was thinking that a lot during the game. I'm like, God, there's another one not called, another one not called. And then yeah. there's there's a couple plays where the Jazz would take it to the rim, and you know, I forget who it was who went up, but they called a foul. And like you, you see the cam from uh, the dunk cam, and it's like he didn't even touch him; he just went around him. And it's just, my gosh, yeah. shit. The one thing you forget how much you hate is the fucking refs come this time of year. It's like I try to get them my be- try to give them the benefit of the doubt. I try to stay calm, and then they just they blew like three calls, and that sticks. His first basket that was like that was a foul. There's like yeah, three other ones sure. like campaign going down the 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 lane was getting hacked a bunch too and I'm like ah great here we go here again. we go here we'll we go again but different game on CP3s there yeah exactly, go ahead exactly well and again I was gonna say with CP3 out there it should be a little bit different um, but I really enjoyed uh, Jalen Smith's performance you know I, we don't know how much he'll actually how much playing time he'll actually get in the regular season because he essentially was the sub that Sarge would be he was the first four to come off the bench. Um, but he did put in 18 minutes, uh, only had those five points that we referenced, three rebounds, um, was the only guy who was not a negative plus minus outside of Etwan Moore. He was a zero. So yeah, kudos to him because plus minus means dog shit. But I, <laughs> but I, but I do, uh, I do see the promise in this kid. And again, it's, it's preseason. It's like, I'll, I'll say this like 40 times on this on this podcast but it's it, it's preseason you know the the valley era has just begun but it's nice to see that that kid is going to find a place within the confines of this roster and i'm excited about that me too but also that first half it seemed like they were really playing they they were playing tough dude these guys are going at it especially that donovan donovan mitchell and devin booker matchup is going to be something that's going to be very very special for the next few years if they oh, stay yeah. on the same teams like mitchell i'm not saying he's He's not close to book, but he is, he's pretty freaking good, dude. And he can drain 40 very, very quickly. So it's going to be fun to watch in the future. Not fun if we're losing, but it's going to be a no. fun matchup. It, it will be fun matchups every time we play the Jazz, and we'll get to see that again on Monday. Uh, what do you think about Abdel Nader, man? Like, oh, under, yeah. underrated throw in from the CP3 trade, don't you think? He is. Um, second half, he looked okay. He kind of looked a little bit lost. But when he was coming in with like some of the starting guys, was he the first one to come in? I feel like he was one of the first guys to come in. But he looked good. His body size to what position he plays was really yeah. nice. I, I like his. He was actually a bit bigger than I thought, which we're talking about. This is the best part because you get to actually see these guys play next to your te- their teammates and stuff. So you can see that quickly. But um, I was wondering if he would actually get minutes. But he came out there. He proved a lot. I you know what, what was his stats though to finish the night? Cause I feel like he played really good, but he was only two for six, yep. seven, seven points and five rebounds, but his and body only 14 side, minutes though. Yeah. It's crazy. I think he's a guy where we thought maybe he'd be on the outside looking in, but everyone keeps saying this is a sneaky trade option that we got. And I think he's really proven it too. I think this is a guy that might get more minutes than we thought. What'd you think? I'm, I'm kind of upset that when we had Sarah Dewberry on the podcast and we we're asking about CP three, that we didn't bring up Abdel Nader. How rude. It is. It's unbelievably rude of us not to ask that question because he's the one guy who we don't really talk about, but we, you know, in the NBA, you can never have enough wings and he is like an ideal looking wing so far. He's somebody who uh, has the ability to hit the three. I mean, he hit a three. I think him and Jalen Smith, I think hit threes and it was just, you're like, Oh shit. Oh, okay. James Jones. Nice, nice throw in. Like if we're going to yeah. give up uh, Ricky Rubio and Ubre. We'll get a guy who wears jersey number three and a guy who wears jersey number eleven in return because he's wearing Ricky Rubio's number eleven now. I was like, uh, wow, Rick, Ricky Rubio really grew. Um, but he, I agree, <laughs> I, I agree. Like he really was a lot bigger and longer than I had uh, remembered in watching some of the highlights. So I'm interested to see how he plays moving forward as well because again, these are all depth guys. These yeah. are all depth guys, man. I mean, it's one thing to have. I think EJ was saying it before the telecast began. And he was he's saying, you know, like in the past, like he's like, your death guy, your death guys can't be rookies. And that's the beauty about this team. I mean, each one more. Let's talk about each one more. He came in wearing that number 55 and he looked good, too, man. 
Yeah, he looked good, and it was like basically him and uh, Langston Galloway. It's like, you know what, kind of the same players maybe. Etuan Moore is a little bit more different than I thought. He's a little bit slower moving. I don't know if he was hurt or something, but it, didn't he seem like he was a little bit slower moving and kind of like taking his time? Maybe he was just, you know, I, I felt he was more meticulous. You know, okay. he was kind of reading the defense as he was moving. Yeah, yeah. But he he looked good, but also Langston Galloway, I feel like they're just those guys that are going to come in and just shoot the lights out of the ball. We didn't see it too much in the first half. I mean, the Suns got outshot by like 23 pointers in the first half. Yeah, it was unreal. Which is crazy. It's like we brought in all these shooters and we didn't really see it to the second half when people were just jacking up threes. But I mean, if we don't see that during the regular season where we at least get maybe 20 by half or 25, is that what you want to see is like a 20 to 25 point or 20 to 25 shots per game of three point land? Like, I feel like that's maybe something I would want to see with all these shooters in there. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to have to. I mean, the, the Suns end up shooting a total of how many from three? 29? Yeah. Is that what, is that what we said? So you look at last season, 29 or less total threes that they took. I think it was only like 27 games. So the majority of their games, they take at least 33 pointers. And it was it's something we're going to have to see. I mean, this game proved it. Now, granted, the Utah Jazz were like the number one three-point shooting team in the league last year. So you have that. They're at home and in, in elevation that they're used to because that's where they've been doing training camp. So you got that going. And the Suns just weren't having the guys out there who were willing enough to take a three. I mean, look at Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson didn't take a three, man. He it was Yeah. What what'd you think about that? Like he did he he took it to the basket a couple times, which I'm okay with. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. What do no, you think? No, well, hold on. <laughs> no, it's my fault. I always do that, but huh, eh, I'm frozen up. Huh? But um Cam, though, I kind of like him taking the... He's very, very green about it, though, going to the rim. He had that reverse layup he tried to do that was, like, way off point, and he almost yeah. hurt himself. I think he did hurt himself. He did hurt himself. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to miss any time. But I think he just... he. I like him going to the rim. He's a big dude. I mean, he had the dunk over JaVale McGee last year. I was like, oh, this guy could take it to the rim. But I like him doing that. That way he gets more space on the threes, and then he can, like... They got to do it. Take it to the rim if he needs to. But besides that, I wanted to see more of him just jacking up those threes. We'll probably see it next game, though, for sure, I think. But I, yeah. I love his game. If he can take it in, I'm all for it. I love that. Yeah, if he has his legs under him a little bit more, I feel like he can start throwing them up. But going back to your point, you know, on three-pointers, the Utah Jazz in the first half alone, um, 12 for 31. I mean, the Sun shot 29 the entire game. Yeah, Utah sure shot 31 in the first half. I mean, that was just kind of their game plan. They're like, listen, we're just going to come out and shoot. First game of the preseason, we're not trying to drive to the basket or get into a bunch of offensive sets. We're just going to come out and just start jacking up threes. And that's what they did, and it worked out for them. And, you know, the Suns, when Langston Galloway came in, I think it's time that we have our little Langston Galloway uh, love fest here because that was yeah. just his shot. I mean, I, I was in love with it. I, I, I know who he is. We had just done the podcast last time with Laz Jackson from Detroit Bad Boys. And we were both left that interview really hyped up on who he was. And then to see him come out and just perform the way he did, oh, man, he's going to be great this season. I mean, it, it's going to be a problem for Monty trying to figure out which guy to bring in to continue that offensive onslaught. But, man, it, Langston Galloway is making his case. Yeah, he was the first one up, right? And this rotation that we have, this depth that we have, we have a bunch of shooters. They're not always going to be hot every night. I mean, that's not the way it is in the NBA, but he's the first one up. He came in, what was he, finished four of seven for three. He had 17 points. But what the best part of it is where he actually was hot, but then the Suns would actually find him for the shot. Before, I feel like last few years, if someone was hot, they would make two in a row, and then we went to find him for another couple possessions, maybe after a timeout, and it was too late. But this guy, he got him off quick, quick release, and he knows where to be on the floor. That's the most important thing. There's a little bit of mix-ups there once in a while with guys yeah. running into each other in the corners. But besides that, I feel like he's ready to get the ball on uh, outside of three-point land and just you know drain him. Those are quick-release shots, some of them with hands in his face. So that's beautiful, dude. I'm glad he showed up. And like you said, Laz from the Bad Boy Pistons site, I mean, he couldn't explain any better. Catch and shoot, 3 and D guy. Did you see anything maybe from the th defensive end? I didn't pay attention too much to his defensive end stuff. No, he didn't look great on defense. No one really looked great on defense, especially nah. in that second half. I mean, our perimeter defense, there's a reason that they took a million threes because that's what we were giving them. You know, and that's what I, I was going to talk about a little bit later with some of the negatives taken away from a preseason game was that was primarily, you know, the perimeter defense, the hustle on defense. That's why I think Jalen Smith kind of stood out for being somebody who kept collapsing on the interior on the weak side, but had the ability to run back and at least put a hand up in the face. You know, I felt like Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, uh, not really Javon Carter, uh, but those guys really didn't put in that extra effort 
once they collapsed on defense. And if you go back and you watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about where, you know, De- uh, um, sorry, Detroit, uh, Utah did a great job of ball movement. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. in out around the perimeter and just putting the Suns in mismatches to the point where they were, they, they tired them out on defense. So we saw what we wanted to see from Galloway on the offensive end. What killed us was on the defensive end, you know, he, he did two or three threes and then they come back and they go boom, boom, boom. And it's right back. You know, it was a three point game. All of a sudden it's 11 point game. Like it was nothing. Uh, Suns geek in the chat, Langston, Devin Booker Galloway. That's a, I mean, well, another reason that I love this time of year. Okay. Is when you have these new players, you can start to come up with nicknames for them. You know, last year you and I were at that Sacramento game, the season opener, and there was Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Baines. And we had a couple beers, and we're like, Frank and Baines. And we just kept like, yelling yep. at the entire yeah. game to the yes. detriment of anybody who's sitting around us. And I was thinking about with uh, Langston Galloway. Like, do you know what a Turbo Chef is? Oh, no. Okay, so a Turbo Chef is... What's that? Is it British? No, no. A Turbo Chef is like a high-powered convection oven slash microwave. We use it at work to make pizzas. Okay, if a guest orders a pizza, you put the toppings, you throw the turbo chef, you press the go button. Three minutes later, you got a delicious pepperoni pizza. And I was thinking, I'm like, this guy might be the turbo chef, man, because he comes in and he is in fuego for like three <laughs> minutes. So we'll see. I don't know if that's going to stick. I don't know if that's my official Langston Galloway um, nickname as of yet, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, shout out to So Says Jay in the, in the chat. He says, I love you guys. But he can't with the matching hats. Oh, For those man. Of you who are we listening, we are, we are with, yeah, tell the story. <laughs> so I came on, he was wearing that hat, and I had my hat on, but he took it off and changed it. But I thought it was so cool that we actually thought alike, you know, outside of not seeing each other, that we had the same hat on. So I'm like, no, keep it on, dude, because last time we didn't wear these hats. Wow. Okay. There you go. How does Bill okay, says Jay, he comes in, he makes us so insecure on these pods, dude. I know. I we, shaved, you changed your hat. I just don't understand this. We back just, in, it was like back in high we school. We respect Osses Jay so much <laughs> that I just changed my hat mid podcast. So um, there you go. <laughs> it's he better than getting thrown in a locker, dude. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of lockers, I was watching Say by the Bell had a marathon on today. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. yeah, Shannon was saying. Um, but yeah, instant offense for for Langston Galloway. Uh, here, here's one thing. Besides his smooth jumper that I wanted to bring up to you, I don't know if you heard this on the broadcast on the broadcast from EJ, but EJ said that Langston Galloway has EJ's heart. How did that make you feel? You know, I might have missed that. Maybe I was taking notes. Um, no, he's I like, he's like, that. he's like, Langston's got my heart. I was like, I bet you Matthew's jealous. <laughs> oh, that way. How did it make me feel? Yeah. You know, it's fine, man. I mean, we have an open relationship, even though he is my dad. I don't care what he thinks about other guys. <laughs> Uh, what else do you want to talk about on this game, man? I mean, it was. Uh, I want to go back to DeAndre Aiden? I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. Let's, well, you know, let, let, let's take a look at the guys we haven't talked about. Okay. Okay. Mikel Bridges, 23 minutes, 14 points, uh, six for 10 from the field, and we're not even really talking. Only one rebound. Um, what do you think of Mikel? I mean, I think that he's somebody who's definitely going to be a force on this team. He defensively puts the effort in, and he's the he's the kind of fourth guy on the depth chart who you don't really give a lot of credit to, but you need him to be there to be successful. Yeah. And I think the only thing like we talked about before is CP three coming in and really holding it down on defense, maybe taking it up a notch, but I liked what I saw from Mikel. He's always a quiet guy getting those 10 points, but he had some pull up jumpers that were nice. He kind of shot him like Marion. It's like he would get him over the guy barely because he has such a long reach and up and over the guy. But besides that, I mean, he's just so quiet at doing what he does. It's like you have to look at the box score. Like, oh, yeah, he has 10 points. That's great. And the one rebound. I predicted him to go, what, 16 and 8 this year? That's yeah. ridiculous. I'm like, maybe he has 8 points. or Maybe he has 8 rebounds. So we can talk about that, but not even close. One rebound. But he, I think he'll get better when CP3's in there. I think he'll know where to be. Even though they want DeAndre Aiden to be that anchor on defense, I think it's just going to be CP3. But offensively, same thing, CP3. But... I just don't know Mikel's game yet. I mean, I the best thing I saw from him, though, were a couple of his drives to the basket off the ball to where Booker would find him. It's on those pick and rolls with DA, but Mikel was like the third guy on that to come yep. in and take the pass, and then it was easy layup or easy dunk. That was a great part. That's what carried over from the bubble. What do yeah, you think? Th- well, that's, that's what you need Mikel to do. You need to be – he needs to be like Marion. 
he needs to be the guy who doesn't have any set plays, but he, or he's the tertiary option on a play. If there's a pick and pop, you know, he's the guy who's cutting just in case something didn't go the way it was supposed to. And that's where he's going to live. And that's, you know, yeah. again, when I was looking at the box score and I saw 14 points, I'm like, damn, I, I remember like two points. But that's just the way that he kind of plays, and I'm okay with that. You know, Mikel is going to be somebody who's going to be vital to the Suns' success this year. That's without a doubt. Given the number of minutes he's going to get, given the uh, defensive matchups that he's going to have to execute, any offense he gives us is going to be truly bonus. Like, if he can get up to 15 points a year, knowing that he averaged like nine last year, and like we talked about in the last pod, uh, it's going to be nothing but bonus from him. I mean, we need Mikel to do what he did last night. Uh, again, I just, I was surprised, you know, I was like 20, he was out there 23 minutes. And that's another thing, you know, a lot of these guys played a lot longer than I thought they were going to. Yeah. It was kind of scary towards the end. I mean, you don't want to see injury, but I mean, if they're going to get injured in the first preseason game, it's kind of like, you know what? They would have got injured next game. Who knows? But, um, you can tell the tiredness, especially DA was like, he was like head over heels the whole game, dude. Like seriously, like hands on his hips. He was exhausted the whole time. I mean, you could tell automatically. A lot of these guys were tired, but you couldn't really tell. I mean, except for like the shots were so short. Yeah. But you can definitely tell DA was having a hard time, especially dealing with Gobert underneath the basket. That guy is just a bully, man. Did you see DA fought him back though? But did you see him trying to like start fights? Did you see him trying to like shoulder him like when the timeout was called or anything like that? Like he wanted, what do you think of that? Do Do it, DA. You like that though? Like, do it, DA. Yeah, do it. Fake fake tough. (laughs) Yeah. Fake tough okay. DA. I'm okay with it. Fake, yeah, I was gonna say, is that like a fake toughness thing? Because I feel like he does that, but I think he's just not getting his way down low. But he needs to figure out a way to outsmart this dude because he's gonna go head to head with him a lot. So mm-hmm. that guy's gonna be a boss down there, dude. I just don't want DA to get so upset. Did he do it in the bubble? We got thrown out. I got a technical. Didn't that happen to him? I think so. Yeah, because he was just like throwing fits and stuff because no fouls were called and he was talking to the rest. But I mean, that's fine if he's going to be that player, but he needs to back it up on the court too to where he can outsmart these guys and get to the rim and actually get good positioning. I just don't think him just throwing little fussy tantrums is going to do it. You know what I mean? It's not productive. And that's it's what it comes not. down to. You know, it's like uh, Dem Booker early exactly. in his career. A lot of non non productive fits and we don't need that. Uh, I did see him body up Rudy Gobert sometimes though. And I think that's what frustrated him is Rudy is an immovable force. Yes. Uh, the only thing that stops that guy is COVID. Okay. So you have to get in there and you have to try to push him around. And he did. And he was probably getting frustrated with this. So I'm, like I'm, I'm okay for, I'm okay with it. Like that's DA good. try to get in his, try to get in his grill. I'd rather see that versus him, you know, letting Rudy Gobert push him around and him kind of like putting his eyes down and walking away. I'd rather a couple fake tough moments, you know, as long as he's not doing anything stupid to try to hurt himself or somebody else. Like I'm okay with it. Yeah. But um, Gobert, he just seemed like the bigger brother there where he would just walk around. The little guy's just like punching his stomach and he doesn't even feel it. Like he just is not bothered by that. So eventually DA will be that guy. But right now, I guess he's just trying to make a name for himself. I'm not sure what that is. Well, another guy who I think was trying to na- make a name for himself and, you know, had seven boards was Damian Jones. Yeah. Eight, 18 minutes, seven boards, two points. Only shot it a couple times. But I liked what I saw with Damian Jones. I liked seeing him try to get a little bit aggressive and was aggressive on the glass. And uh, I think that he's going to be somebody who the Suns, us Suns fans are really going to take notice of this year, because if anything happens to DA, uh, Damon Jones is going to be one of the guys who's going to be in there playing a lot of five. And I think that he, I'm interested to see how his motor is, but he could have that Rashawn Holmes kind of attitude. And that's what I like to see on the glass. Yeah. He seemed like, I think we heard maybe, um, a little bit of a lesser white side kind of guy, but you can kind of see that you can see, but he was hustling, dude, his points he earned in the first quarter. He was my player of the first quarter. They get four points, one rebound, one block, but just everything he got, he earned because he was just in there tipping the ball, trying to tip it back out. A lot of the times, like when he thought he had like a good wide open, like alley-oop or something, he would let the point guards know like, Hey dude, throw it up. Like I'm yep. right here. Like he wanted to be involved, which is great. Like white side, just like, eh, he'll just do whatever. But this guy seemed like he wanted to get, involved quickly because he knows these minutes are precious you know as soon as he comes in in these preseason games he needs to show something so that when da does come out he'll be the first one to come in so i think he showed that i think he showed something that a lot of us were very very happy to see because we weren't too sure what to see from damian jones exactly and it was one of those transactions you're like okay makes sense you know somebody played in in atlanta and i remember him playing against the suns when trey young came to town at the beginning of the last season so uh, I, I was hoping that he would kind of mesh well. Uh, I like what Shamil Kasim says in the chat. He made sticks look small. That's probably why you thought Jalen Smith looked small, Matthews, because when Damon Jones was out there next to him, you're like, oh, damn, 
Jalen Smith is near as big yeah. as, as I thought he would be. So yeah, that's probably what it was. Um, and then you have Bicentennial Kid. I wish he'd be more of a lob threat. He is athletic. We need to utilize that. He wanted to be a lob threat. He was throwing his hand up exactly. there. He was saying, like, hit me, hit me, and they just weren't getting him the ball. And I think that that's always been a son's problem for the past few years yeah. is entry passes. And when CP3 is out there, he's going to have the ability to get those guys those entry passes because guys are going to be glued to CP3 because he's one of the best elbow shooters in the game. So he'll have the ability to throw those up. And if Dam- James Jones is going to throw down some savage dunks this year, like he's going to get, you're going to get one of those little bleacher report notifications on your phone. And it's going to be like Damon Jones just posterized somebody. I guarantee you that's going to happen sometime this year. Yeah, definitely. He uh, seems like that guy. And I hope he gets the opportunity too. you know, these minutes we saw that were on the court. A lot of these guys earned it. So we'll see next game. But I'm not gonna say these guys are gonna be hot every game like Langston Galloway, but he deserves like those 10 minutes or whatever, (laughs) 10 to 12 minutes. Well, well, speaking of next game, it's tomorrow night. uh, I believe it's seven o'clock again, Um, playing the jazz again. So what should we expect? What are you thinking? More of the same. I I don't know. Do you think CP3 is playing? I know we haven't heard yet. I think I don't know if we're going to get a full crew, but I feel like just more of the same. If they're not playing those two or even Sarich, I think it's just more of the same. I think you pull these guys out a half. Maybe they play a little bit into the third, like last game. But I just want a good first half. I want to see – it's tough to say because I just can't wait to see CP3 with this offense. So whatever we're seeing right now, I just don't think it's going to be it. So until we see that, I'm not. I'm excited to watch, but I just don't think it's what we're going to see during the regular season. Uh, What do you think about what we're going to see, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If CP3 is playing, like you, you get the little butterflies because you're finally yeah. going to see like your new toy. You know, it's like here and you're getting a PS5 on Christmas and it's finally Christmas and you're you can't open the toy yet. You know, that's what uh, fr- exactly. uh, yesterday felt like. So hopefully tomorrow he'll play a little bit. Um, what I really want to see tomorrow is just those shots going in. You know, we got a lot of those good looks, like I mentioned earlier. I want to see those shots actually go in. You know, now they've been in Utah for about three or four days at that point. They'll have their legs potentially under them. And that's what I'm just, I want to see. I want to see some made shots because if they made those shots, I mean, again, they lost by 14 points. It was closer at a lot of those times. And it would have been a lead for the Suns if they just made some of those wide open jumpers, wide open threes that they had. Yeah, and it wasn't enough of them in the first half. I mean, it was only 12 threes they attempted, which is crazy. It's like you think there would be more. But I just want to jump out of my seat a few times. You know, I was watching other games around the league, and I was jumping out of my seat from watching those teams. And, you know, I'm not even a fan of them. I just love seeing oh, some, dunks, baby. some dunks with some crazy passes. But Yeah, do you like that LaMelo ball pass? Do you see that? Yes, I, I saw that, that live when it happened. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a superstar. I called it. Yeah, from that one pass. <laughs> <From> that one pass. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see how it goes um, tomorrow as they play the Jazz. Uh, real quick, let's just uh, let me see what, what what segment should we do here? We've been we've been doing this for about forty seven minutes now. Um, how about this one? How about we bring up our dumb trade of the week? I know it's only the preseason, but Bleacher Report is already starting to put out trades. Okay. Like there's some guy who that's his job at Bleacher Report. They're like, listen, Bob, we need you to come up with every stupid fucking trade you can come up with. He's like, but boss, it's the preseason. He's like, I don't care. Just start coming up with stupid fucking trades. And his stupid fucking trade was the Suns would trade Jay Crowder and Jalen Smith to Atlanta for John Collins and Tony Snell. What do you think of that trade, Matthew? We have Jay Crowder. Jalen Smith, we've had for you know a moment in time. Let's give him up for John Collins, who would clog the paint, and Tony Snell. No, very dumb, right? I mean, John Collins, he he's very high. He's he's a guy a lot of people like, but I just don't see it yet. And I don't want to take a chance on a guy. We already have a proven Jay Crowder, some guy that's actually gonna give you some good minutes. So I don't want to experiment with anybody else but DA. You know, I don't want to do any experimental drugs with anybody else but DA. And you know, Jay Crowder is a guy that I want to keep that came to the Suns and wanted to be here. I mean, what do you think when you saw this crap? I just thought, come on, Bleacher Report. Like, let us enjoy our new toys for a couple minutes, you know? Like, you're already trying to trade away. Like, I've yet to see 99 out there playing for the Phoenix Suns. I just met Jalen Smith yesterday. He wore goggles. I was excited. He's, his yes. nickname is Sticks. It sounds cool. Like, and you want to give me Tony fucking Snell? Like, come on, Bleacher <laughs> Report. Settle down already. Christ. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to give out the Jack Taylor Award. <laughs> Oh, well, we talked about him a little bit. We did. So for those of you who don't know, uh, on this podcast, we like to come up with a thing called the Jack Taylor Award in games in which we lose. 
and there's a guy on the opposing team who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. So therefore, we have created the the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. See everything I just said, just in a video drop. Uh, we got to, without a doubt, this one goes to Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson yesterday was just so annoying, and how many three pointers he just came out and just rained down upon the Suns coming off the bench, seven for 15, five of 10 from deep for 19 total points, which left all scores in the game. So I tip my hat to you, Jordan Clarkson, our Jack Taylor award winner. Yeah, dude. Should I follow up on that? Because I just want to say this is the same old Sunch stuff where some guy's going hot and he was wide open two more times after he made like three in a row. So that's the stuff we cannot see during the regular season. You know, that has to be stopped. Double team the guy. Get him out of that. The, the great funk he's in. Get yes. him out of that bad funk, you know? Get, have Diego over and just push him once or something. You know, fake yeah. tough. Fake tough. You know, Jordan's shoulder into him. Uh, Suns geek. Shoulder. Add Jordan Clarkson to the list of Suns killers. Yeah, that's why we made this stupid award because uh, Jack Taylor's a guy who scored the most points in NCAA history, 138 points uh, from Grinnell College in like Iowa or something. You never heard of him. And he's a killer, and he's done it to us in this game. And Langston Galloway was actually one of those. Uh, he's, he's had some games against the Suns where he's just absolutely scorched them, and you're like, who the hell is this guy? So hopefully this season he will be doing the scorching to the opposition. We have that guy. We don't have Elliot Kobo throwing up bricks. <laughs> like moon shots. Moon shots from Elliot Kobo. I'm so glad that he's gone. <laughs> um, let's do a couple buy-or-sell questions, and then buy we'll sell. get into our last segment, okay? So uh, – Buy or sell this, Matthew. The Suns will make 10 or less three-pointers more often than not this season. Oh, I think, well, less, of course. I mean, I think they're going to shoot what I hope is 35 to 40 of them a game. That's what I want to see because of the NBA nowadays. But I don't think they're going to get over the 10 mark more than they would less. What do you think? I think they're going to make more than 10 more more often than not yeah 27 times they didn't make 10 they made 10 three-pointers or less last season my expectation for this team is they're making about 12 to 15 three-pointers a game and i think that's where the suns are gonna have to live in the modern nba and i think that that, that's why james jones built out this lineup the way that he did adding depth and shooters onto that bench because when you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul sitting on the bench, who are your primary point scorers. You need other guys to come in, and the best opportunity for them to do that is they're going to be shooting those three balls. And Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, that is our expectation for them. So I think yeah, I'm going to – what was the question? I'm going to buy it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Ayton will lead the, lead the league in rebounding this season. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm going to sell. I think he will be top 10, but I'm going to sell. I think a lot of his focus – I don't know, because last game, I feel like I didn't really see him get a couple rebounds, but he ended up with 14, so maybe I'm totally wrong. He, he does have a chance. But as soon as Drummond leaves the, the league, then yes, he has a chance. But right now, I think he'll be top 10 at least. But his defense, are really focused on that. But I think what comes with that is rebounding. So maybe I go the other way. I'm going to say no, but he'll finish top five. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. He's going to lead the league in rebounding because there oh, was like four rebounds. This yeah. season, in that game where he just he let the guard have it. I mean, this guy, if he actually gives a shit and tries to get those rebounds, he can lead the league easily, man. Yeah, he he he's he's got the the athletic ability to do it, and he's he's anchored down there in lane. I just I honestly see him doing it. All and right. with him taking as many layups as he does, he'll miss a couple of those, get his own rebound, and put him back on. Those are easy rebounds. <laughs> okay. Buy or sell this, Matthew. The preseason matters. Oh, you know what? I don't think it does, but in this year, it does for sure. I feel like we're really seeing what these teams are in the first half. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we haven't seen the full Suns roster, but what we saw with the Utah Jazz, that's the Jazz. That's them. It just it depends who's playing, but it doesn't matter any other year but this year. So I'm going to sell. Are we saying buy or sell? Yes. <laughs> the name of the segment is buy or sell. So I'm going to buy. Okay, so that you're, you're saying that it does this matter. I this year yes. I buy. Well, this is going to be lame because I'm going to agree with you. It, I, I think it matters every year just because it's an opportunity to get to know your roster and see what you have. See, there you go. There's a little segment there for you. Um, this is, you know, th the garbage minutes at the end of the game aren't garbage minutes in the preseason. Okay, they're getting to know you minutes. You need to know what you have. You have new acquisitions, and especially, like you said, in this year it's a much condensed season um and training camp and everything so we need to know what we have and how they perform and just have an idea of how they mesh together on the court you know is that necessarily going to make up all the decisions that Monty has no practice is where that 
those decisions kind of come and and are solidified. But I think that this season, uh, more than ever, I agree. I, I think every season it's a buy. But I think our reactions to the preseason is something that we need to sell. And I mentioned this yesterday on Twitter. Um, Suns Facebook, you know, like um, an hour into the game, they're, you know, wow, we are trash. People reacting like we're a trash team in a preseason game without three of our top seven guys. It's just hilarious to me. So uh, I'm just going to tell Facebook, settle down. You know, if you're one of our viewers and followers on Facebook, we love you. Thank you. Uh, you guys are cool. But man, there's a lot of people out there on Facebook who just instantly go right off the edge. And like what I really noticed, a lot of them don't even spell shit right. And it really bugs me. Yeah, I do that a lot too. But honestly, I think that, you know, this is like the Arizona Rattlers. You know, they lost the first game and people hate them and they think they suck, but they're going to win the rest of the season. So that has nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's the Rattlers. Are playing? They're even, they're playing right now. I don't even know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, okay. Well, that was a that was a great segment. That was uh, yeah. Buy or Sell brought to you by by uh, no sponsor, no sponsor whatsoever. All right, the last segment I want to do real quick here is uh, we do have a listener league draft um, that is coming up in one week, so it's time to determine the draft order. Okay, I know this is super boring for the majority of people, but this is proof. This is how we're doing it. So everyone who's in our league knows that we're not just randomly coming up with uh, who is picking where and how and whatnot. If Matthew gets the number one pick, you know that it is, we didn't. It's, we're not scheming here. We're <laughs> literally doing this the right way. So what I do is I have another Suns hat. Get all the team names in here, and I'm just going to start pulling them out. All right, Matthew? All right. I'm so here we go. This is real quick. This is how we do it in fantasy football. Number 12 pick is Team Love Always. Okay. Pick. There you go. Number 11 pick is Malaysian Nasties. Malaysian Ooh, Nasties. Good <laughs> Are you just going to say every one of them is a good pick? <laughs> yeah, every, every, every pick is good. Oh, oh, well, one. number 10 is also a good pick, and that is New England Clam Chowder. That is so says Jay. New England Clam Chowder, number 10 overall pick. Congratulations. Okay. That's a great pick. It's a good <laughs> and with the ninth pick in the Suns Jam Listener League, we have the Deer Valley OGG Anumi. I probably said that wrong because I'm not good at reading. I can write all day. Can't read. Worth a shit. Number eight pick, Nate Dog Doris or Darris. Again, I can't read. Number seven pick. I'm I'm at seven, right? I don't know. I need need to verify that. This is a good pick. It's the No Hayton ID Suns. No Hayton (laughs) Idaho Suns there. That's Rick Johnson. There you go. This is number six pick. Is the Chin Hair Boys? That's Matthew Lissy. Yes, chin hair boys. is that is that a great pick? Yeah, the number five pick in the draft, Sundarus Dunks. <laughs> the five pick in the draft. Right, we only have a few left. Number four pick, Team Esposito. That's Team Espo. Number four. God, is yours taped on the bottom of the hat? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> okay, it's not. It's not taped. Okay. Nope. <laughs> number three pick. It's you. Is me stat yep. attack. Let's see from over here. Number two pick, Tony Delk oh, All Stars, and with the number one pick in the Suns Jam Session Listener League is a ton of wins. I can't even see, I can't it. see it. There you go. A ton of wins. Yeah. So, so it's New England Clam Crowder. New That's Crowder. Oh, yeah, like my Crowder. bad. New England Crab Crowder. There you go. Never so there you go. That. That's uh. There you go. There's the live draft. The draft is one week from today or one week from tomorrow, a day before the season begins, everybody. So if you're in that, make sure you're there for the draft. It's at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. All right. Anything you else, anything, anything you else, anything else you have for the listeners, Matthew, before we get out of here today? Um, no, just uh, be safe, dude. I don't, you know, I, I might have had Corona yesterday, but I didn't. I just watched the Suns game and I feel fine today. But besides that, dude, what do you got going on besides Breaking Bad? Uh, not much. I mean, we got the Suns game tomorrow. Looking forward to that once again. Um, I want to get a like a live post game pod where you and I come on here right after a game. Yeah, um, we're doing may, may, maybe we do that tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna oh, go live no matter. Yeah, maybe just to try it out. See, uh, see if the the Suns jamsters are privy to that, or maybe we wait till the regular regular season starts. Uh, yeah, I think we'll just wait till the regular we can, season. Starts. We can surprise. Let's just surprise. Yeah, we- We'll see. See, that's why you ring the bell if you're on YouTube. Because when we do go live, boom, you get a notification. You're like, oh shit, Suns Jam yep. Sessions live. 
I didn't expect this. So that's one of those reasons that we ask that you do that and that you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, we ask that you rate, subscribe, and review as well. So we appreciate it. Uh, your kids will appreciate it. America will appreciate it. And what's great about the uh, post game stuff, like you guys can come on, give your feedback, and we can just go over your, if you're upset, you're happy, whatever. You can even come on the pod and just not show your face and talk. I don't even know if that's going to be a thing or not. Or show your face and talk. I don't care. I mean, we have the, we have the technology to do it these days. So just, yeah, we'll be by the showers, like I said, after the Suns games. Quick interviews from the players, and we'll hop right on here. All right. I think I think that's it. I think we're done here. I think right. that uh, everybody should have a great night. Stay safe. Stay alive. Go Suns, baby. Basketball's back. Oh, there's nothing better. So take that's care, great. everybody. Yeah, everyone go home and love your family. Amen. Cheers.